This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Andrew Bryan, Deputy Editor of NRL.com. I'm joined in the studio this week by Adrian McMurray and Dom Brock. Boys, it's round four and the news never stops in the NRL. Yes, Andy, it's uh, another big week of uh, team changes, uh, price rises, price drops. Um, you know, we're, we're sort of getting to the stage now where we're looking not just yet to upgrade um, cash cows, but sort of monitoring and, and getting rid of the duds. So uh, there's plenty to get through. It's even been a week of coach changes this week, nice and early in the season, but uh, we'll stick to fantasy, I think, today. The latest in league. Let's, let's start with the big news. James Seguiaro, we've been hearing rumours about him, but he officially signed with the Sharks and he's already named in the reserves. What do we make of this news? He comes in at 253000 Dom, we'll start with you. What do you make of the James Seguiaro news at the Sharks? Well, it's a worry if you've got Jaden Braley in your team. Um, we've all kind of known, as you said, um, that it's been coming for a while. The Sharks have been looking at Seguiaro for a number of weeks. So it looks like he'll come into the team at some point. It could be this week. It could be off the bench. Uh, it could be in a few weeks' time. At the moment, I wouldn't really do anything. So if you've got Braley in your fantasy team already, just hold on to him. He's going to make money this week if he scores any po- any points. Um, so, yeah, but but plan ahead for in the next week or two, seeing if you can upgrade to a definite keeper. Even though I knew this was going to happen at some point, uh, yesterday I still freaked out, panicked. <laughs> thinking, how, who am I going to cut so I can free up cash to upgrade Braley to McInnes? I've since calmed down and sort of realised that would be quite drastic and, and unnecessary, uh, especially because they haven't even registered his contract yet. So he, even though he was named in that extended squad yesterday, he might not still play this week. And still, Braley, you know, as you sort of said, will still make money, will still play... Um, you know, decent minutes. And if Seguiaro plays, he's going to play off the bench. They're not going to push him straight in. They've, they've, they've all been happy. Gallon flooding and they've been happy with Braley. We've been talking about it for a few weeks with what he's doing. Mainly tackles in stats for fantasy-wise, where Seguiaro is more of that attacking option. But they're not going to rush Seguiaro straight back into this team. No, you wouldn't think so. So there's really no need to be alarmed at this stage. But it is sort of one to keep an eye on for the next few weeks. And, and as you said, he's pretty cheap at 253 Seguiaro himself, so it's a bit of a win-win if he does take over and start playing big minutes or 80 minutes, then he's a pretty good uh, buyer, like a transition buyer to go straight from Braley to Seguiaro and then hop up to a Cameron Smith or someone later in the year. I mean, he's a Dalian winning hooker, and historically when he was at the Panthers, he did pump out some big scores as well. So even if he comes off the bench this week, you feel like he might only get a low score and then his price might even drop before even next further. week. Yep, that's right. So the other big news, obviously, was Kieran Foran, who was named on the reserves for the Warriors. Uh, we've just had word from our Warriors correspondent uh, on NRL.com saying that he's almost definite to play and almost might start. What do we make of this? He's $369,000. Yeah, he's probably not really a buy in fantasy. He's one of those, it's almost the archetypal, really good NRL player who's not a good fantasy scorer. Um, so in that sense, it's not a huge issue. The, the thing is, if you have Adam Hingano as one of your cash cows in the halves, his time looks like it's up. So um, trade time for him, but, but otherwise, not a huge concern. Yeah, I think we all sort of expected this was going to happen anyway. So you probably should have had a contingency plan um, you know, sort of there. Riley Jacks looks like a possible uh, good swap there yep. if you need to get him in, if you don't have him already, but we'll get to those trade-ins later. I guess, sorry to interrupt, the other factor could be what effect it has on Sean Johnson's scores. Of he's, course. He's been great in the start of the year, got a few tries, I think. 
averaging in the 60s. So Foran's obviously a star as well. So I don't know if he'll take on more of the playmaking roles or, or what. Um, Kieran's more of that controlling sort of player, directing play, where Sean Johnson's still going to come up with those attacking stats and still probably do most of the kicking. Like, Daly yeah. Cherry Evans used to do exactly, most of the kicking. Yeah. That's a few years ago, obviously. But you still think Kieran's going to take a few weeks to get his game sorted. And even then, you'd almost say that he should complement Johnson same way where we're sort of seeing with the Roosters, with Mitch Pearce, with that that half that's working with him, that's a, that eventually is going to help his scores. Yeah, he should cert- should certainly help the Warriors, you know, in general overall. So if the Warriors are winning more games, then a player like Sean Johnson will get more points. So in that in that sense, it'll help. Okay, the big news for for my fantasy team anyway: RTS and Corey Nolman both named. Please, oh please, are they going to play? Adrian, start with you. Uh, it caused chaos last week. They're both named. Are they definite to play? Yeah, well, it looks like um, RTS should be good to go coming back from that head knock. So. Uh, it was just sort of a precautionary thing. Um, Norman's hamstrings seem to be okay. It was sort of just a, you know, those sort of being a bit cautious early in the season, managing through that. So uh, should be good to go. Um, hooking crisis, though, at Parramatta. Pritchard, King, uh, Jeff Robson could step in there um, at, at hooker. Not that it's uh, probably affecting too many fantasy teams, but um, there is all sorts of things going on there at Para. Dom, talk us through the Rabbitohs. There are a lot of positional changes here, and this is going to affect fantasy. Talk us through what the Rabbitohs have done and what you think, how that's going to affect. Obviously, Talakai comes in, who's a popular cash cow. Yeah, that's probably the biggest factor for fantasy. People who have held on to Talakai in the centres uh, have hit the jackpot this week because um, they've got three suspensions. The biggest one is Heimel Hunt, who's out for four weeks, which means Talakai should keep his spot in his own team for for that long at least. Uh, George Burgess is also out for two weeks with suspension and Braden Burns is one week, who's a, a semi-popular cash cow as well, I think. Um, it means there's a bit of a reshuffle. John Sutton is now going to play at 5-8 because Cody Walker's going to go to fullback because Alex Johnston goes to the wing to cover Braden Burns. How do we feel about that? I, I feel like there's going to be a late change, 24 hours or even an hour before kickoff because Walker's been almost their best player playing at 5-8. Been killing it in fantasy as well. And Johnson hasn't done anything wrong at the back. So do we feel like that, that could be a bit of ducks and drapes there? I don't know. Have they got many more options on the wing? Um, no, there's a few more sort of fringe guys there um, in the mix, potentially. Um, but it does seem a bit silly. I mean, John Sutton was doing exceptionally well on that edge as well. So even though he has played the majority of his career in the halves, sort of moving these key players yeah. around just to sort of a I mean, wing it, spot. it is the way that they get their best players on the field at once is sure. doing this big reshuffle. And Cody Walker has shown in the past he can play well as, as well at fullback as he has at 5'8". So, I don't know. I mean, it's probably only for one week if, if it happens with Burns to come back the week after. Um, so, we'll wait and see. All right, Dale Copley missed out last week. I'm making this a boo, but the Titans have walked past some black cats and under some ladders they've been hit hard with injuries. Dale Copley finally makes his debut at the club, 206,000. Is he a mid-range cash cow, possibly? Well, potentially. Um, Daniel Vito as well coming in for the Titans for his club debut. Um, sort of, we all, I think a lot of us got Copley last year when he moved to the Roosters because he was really cheap and, you know, supposedly playing at what we thought was a strong Roosters side. It turns out they had their worst season in, in a few years. Um, so he's sort of a bit too expensive for my liking and it's a bit we don't sort of know whether long-term he'll keep his spot. We, you would assume so, but even then, I don't think he'll be a great scorer. Yeah, there's other guys around at that similar price. He's about 200000 Um, Even guys like Billy Slater, who 
you know, injury aside, we'll keep that starting fullback spot for a while. He's probably a safer bet. Um, other cash cows we've talked about already, so I wouldn't really be jumping on Copley right now. Uh, the only other news that we'll touch on before we get into the cash cows, uh, James Fisher-Harris obviously out. What does that mean for the Panthers? And Gideon Geller-Mosby finally gets his chance at the Cowboys. Yeah, the, the big news for the Panthers, I guess, is Bryce Cartwright's back to replace uh, Fisher-Harris, which is good if you've got him in your team. Um, I think that's about as far as it goes fantasy-wise for the mm. Panthers this week. Uh, and then Geller-Mosby, yeah, we'll wait and see. He's, he's been a try-scoring gun in the lower grades. Um, you know, he could do anything, but... How long does he stay in the team? Bit of a risk at this stage. Yeah, I wouldn't be going anywhere near him, especially after I was burnt last week by bringing in Brad Abbey, who I thought would have been, and we all thought would have been reasonably good being a fullback, have a, an extended run in the team, um, 16 points Didn't on Didn't have that a great day. game, unfortunately, a few yeah. errors. And, and that was in a winning team as well. So he scored 16, I think, whereas there are other players that we could have chosen, but none of those cash cows really sort of stood up and said, yeah, we'll, we'll keep this guy. Maybe Marcello Montoya, who scored a try and looks like a great kid. He scored 30-odd, but he was probably the pick of the bunch. Yeah, uh, Kalen Ponga got mid-30s, I think, high-30s. But again, might only been there for a couple of weeks. So a bit of a quiet week for all of those guys we named last week. Um, but that's, that can happen in that position. Mm. I wouldn't panic too much if any of them were in your team. Cash cow. All right, let's get into the cash cows. Uh, start with Riley Jacks, who we've talked about numerous times on this podcast. He's 220,000, averaging 37, but now that Cameron Munster with a broken jaw is out and Billy Slater is back, he looks like he's going to get an extended run in that 5-8 throw. Uh, it was, it's great. Well, it's not great news, Cameron Munster being out for six weeks with a broken jaw, but if you've got Jacks, he's now set to make a lot of money. He's already made a fair bit, close to 100, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he'll keep rising. He got 37 even though he spent a lot of time on the bench last week. Um, it, yeah, it can play in your 17 score points. He's probably even a buy if you haven't got him already. Yeah, uh, sort of at that, that price point we were talking about before, just a, a little bit above now that all the cash cows have sort of made, started to, to make their initial price rises. Um, but still, as you sort of said, uh, a reasonably attractive buy given his extended run in a, in a strong Melbourne side. The Knights have been somewhat of a surprise packet. They're pushing teams harder than a lot of the experts predicted at the start of the year. And Luke Yates, 206,000, seems to be a decent sort of lower range cash cow who's doing a really good job at Newcastle. Yeah, that's right. Uh, 33 tackles and 71 metres in 52 minutes from the bench. For yeah, the I think he played extended minutes because uh, was, who got a head knock last week? Was it Sione Matadia got a head knock? A few guys. Uh, Elliot. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, so. they've been in the news for that, which we won't touch on. But. Yeah, of course. Um, so that's happened a few times. Yates has had extra minutes. I think in round one it happened as well. He's, he seems like as soon as someone gets injured, yeah. Yates, Yates is on. Comes on yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so, so don't bank on those kind of scores every week. Um, but he's going great, as, as we said, for if you've got him in your team already, he's one of the uh, early cash cows. And Dom, you wanted to bring up Kurt Capewell as a possible cash cow. Yeah, he's been spoken about as a bit. Um, he's got a negative break even this week um, after one or two good scores, playing in the centres for the Sharks. Um, the only thing is there's a bit of a risk with um, Jared Beal out injured at the moment. They've got Jack Bird playing at fullback. Bird could go back to the centres and bump Capewell out if Beal comes in. Or if Valentine Holmes plays at fullback, Bird could then go into centres, Capel could go. So there's a few risks there, um, but a few people have been talking him up as a potential cash cow under 200 grand this week. All right, let's look at the flops, and the West Tigers have obviously been in the news. They've been belted the last two weeks. 
Uh, they've lost their coach, but Mitch Moses managed only five. Obviously, pretty hard once the Canberra Raiders got on a roll, but you need to get rid of him now. Yeah, he was one I was sort of looking at in the preseason as sort of a guy who could potentially take the next step this year and become a premium half. Um, unfortunately, that hasn't happened, and fortunately, I didn't have him in my team to start the year. So if you do have him, cut your losses. Um, I guess he's one of those guys you sort of half expect those scores are still in him because of missed tackles. and those Yeah, exactly. Things. He's not a great defender, so he can always get a low score, where even someone like Jonathan Thurston can get really low scores sometimes for that, for that reason. So if Moses hits 60 this week, I wouldn't be surprised, but he's not going to hit those consistent... 40s and 50s you want from your half as a gun so yeah I think it's a sell. Another one that's been in the news this week is Curtis Sirinan. Not exactly a flop but at 276,000 you're probably hoping for more than the 27s and 28s that he's been pumping out and he's been playing big minutes at Manly and for whatever reason he's not getting through the tackle counts that we probably would have hoped for for him to get a decent cash rise. Yeah he's had a, he had a few missed tackles in the weekend as well um, yeah, he's, he's probably a sell. I think he might have one or two more cash, you know, price rises in him. Um, he's got a break-even of 29, and that's and he roughly what he's... On the yeah, so that's roughly what he's been scoring anyway. So it might be... He, he might have topped out. Yeah, I'm factoring in a little bit. Um, Manly had a big win on the weekend, so he might not have had to do as much defending as usual. A lot of games you'd think Manly are going to be on the, on the receiving end and going to have to do a lot of defending, so he might make 30 tackles, which will help. Um, who knows? But he's not going to rise that much more than he is at the moment. I think if you've got more pressing issues, you can probably look to hold him for one yep. or two more weeks. Um, but certainly there's you know a heap of forwards that are really making a case for inclusion that are maybe on the higher end, and, and Sirenen might be uh, sort of a make-way there. So really depends on, on your team structure and uh, whether you can afford to let him go. I mean, we touched on them a few minutes ago, but Brad Abbey, Hingano... Those sort of guys, what are we thinking with those guys? You mentioned Billy Slater before. Hasn't been a noted fantasy scorer, but can go big when the Storm play well. What are we thinking with those guys? Uh, yeah, Billy Slater's pretty cheap. He's uh, 217 grand. Um, he's, he should score 35-ish a week, you would think. Which should give him a decent cash rise. Which give him a decent cash yep. rise. So the only question, it's a big one, is uh, injuries. He's missed a lot of game time with shoulder injuries for the last couple of years. Um, if you buy him and he goes down again, you'll be kicking his, yourself. But, um, yeah, if he stays fit, he should definitely make, make money and be a, a decent scorer at this time of the season. Yeah, so didn't play the full 80 last week. 52 minutes from the bench, um, five tackle breaks and 139 metres. So th- those are sort of promising signs, yep. especially against um, Brisbane, who defended like absolute fiends. They were <laughs> impressive and sadly didn't get the win for them. Um, but, you know, Slater, especially that price will, I think, tempt a lot of people. Yep. He almost looked like he was trying too hard. He was trying like, a lot, wasn't he? he? He's been out of the game for two years, and you, I've, I know Slater personally, he did everything he could to get back so, as soon as he could. But when he got on the field, he was doing things that weren't Slater-like. He was trying to mm. come up with big plays every play. And you think once he settles down, um, his points should improve as well. Yeah, well, if, there were a few times where it looked like he was going to provide the final pass for a try sort of probably wasn't on and he, he went with it anyway. Forced the pass. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, I think, yeah, especially uh, that's an encouraging start and his scores should be steady um, as the year goes on. Yep. This round's player in focus. All right, let's do our player in focus now. And Paul Vaughan obviously had a massive week last week, scored 71. He's 435,000, but his scores this year already are looking really good. 
Dom, let's start with you. What, what do you make of Paul Vaughan? He, he was probably not the biggest known signing um, that was made in the off-season, but he's been a big hit at the Dragons. Yeah, he's always been a really good player. Um, he's just been playing in a in previous years in an absolutely stacked Canberra Raiders pack and hasn't got huge minutes. He's been a bench player for them. Uh, now moved to the Dragons, starting prop, one of their, the guns in that forward pack, and he's, uh, he's really just exploded. So he averaged low 40s in the last few years at Canberra. He's averaging, I think, 57 after that monster 71 in the weekend, uh, after three games at the Dragons. Um, and it's, it's not, there haven't been a lot of tries to blow it out. There was one try in, his, in round two, um, but his base stats are great. He can break the line, um, looking really promising at the moment. Yeah, sort of, um, I guess, if we compare him to someone, or his scores at least, to someone like Fafita, who doesn't make a lot of tackles, um, but certainly makes a heap of metres, heap of tackle breaks, yep. um, the occasional try and the flashy play that really you know, blows it out to a monster score. Um, I'm really kicking myself that I didn't start the year with him because I was tempted. It seemed you know, good, but I, I looked elsewhere. Um, but really, he, you know, he still got a few more price rises in him as well um, if this trend continues. And I don't see why it shouldn't continue these yeah. scores. I mean, it's, it's still early in the year, so it's hard to know whether that 71 is a one-off or whether he's going to do that half a dozen times this season and be a, and be a star. Breakout. His lower scores are only 42. He's hit 42, 59, 71. And last week's 71 came off just 43 minutes. He made 204 metres, 30 tackles, and I guess five tackle breaks are the ones that you probably can't rely on every week. But those metres and tackles in that Dragons pack, they're sort of stat base, almost base-like stats that you can say he'll pretty consistently hit somewhere near those numbers. Yeah, and the fact he didn't get a try in that, so he managed to get 71 points without scoring a try is uh, pretty impressive for a forward. So, yeah, the signs are all really good. If you've got him already, fantastic. Um, otherwise, he, he, yeah, he looks like he's probably going to be a keeper, you would think, uh, and is certainly cheaper than a lot of the established guns. If I was, okay, hypothetically, or actually not hypothetically, I do have someone like Felice Cafusi in my front row. Mm-hmm. Should I panic to try and, and get Vaughn in by getting out someone that's performing reasonably well, a little bit cheaper, but I'm, is it too early to be chasing points? I think so. For someone like Cafusi who's, who's making money already, um, if you, you, your cash cows at the start of the year, certainly the ones that are, that are working, so Curtis Serenin is a guy who's probably not going to make much, much more. Um, but the guys who are making money, just get every drop of cash out of them as you can, I think, which is going to be keeping them for another two or three weeks. Um, but if you've got someone that's really struggling, he, he could be the guy to go to. He's a, he's a cut price option. The one point I'd put on that is looking at his next few games and predicting where he's likely to score. They've got the Warriors, Tigers and Seagulls in the next three weeks. I'm uh, not sure how much tackling he'll get in those. He might make a heap of metres, but they're probably weaker sides at this point in the competition. But following that, he's got the Cows, Roosters, Storm and Sharks. So in a couple of weeks' time, the Dragons are going to have four big matches in a row. And you think that that might be the time where Paul Vaughan's going to get a lot of his base stats. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I think as well, we're, we're seeing um, DeBellin and McInnes, I think, are the top two, or they're right up there in terms of points scored this year. So for some reason, the Dragons have become a, a hub of fantasy scores. So <laughs> I don't know what Paul McGregor's doing, but hats off to him. Well for fantasy. All right, let's look at some of the best buyers and some of the guys that you might be looking to trade in if you don't have them already. Let's start with Clint Gutherson, killing it at the Eels, dual position player. Been, been a bit of a surprise. We knew that he'd made this transition to being a half and he's a decent player, but his scores have been pretty good. Yeah, I'm kicking myself I didn't buy him at the start of the year. Um, 
he scored really well or pretty well, I think in the mid 40s when he was playing at 5'8 last year um, in half a dozen games. And he's doing even better this year. He scored a try in all three games, which you know has boosted his points. So don't expect him to keep scoring exactly as he's scoring at the moment. Uh, last week, he got 71 as well, I think, playing without Corey Norman, which again boosts his scores. He, you assume he takes on more more kicking, more general playmaking, and he got, got a try again. So um, he's probably a keeper for the winger fullback spot. Probably not for the halves. I imagine he's going to end up averaging mid-40s, probably. Um, so, yeah, good buy. I don't think he's a must-buy right now. I think his price is going to come... He'll, he'll keep going up in the short term and then probably come back down later on, is my guess. Yeah, um, the Eels' buy schedule as well really you know, helps his cause in terms of being an appealing buy, but um, certainly a good start to the season. I'm not sure whether he can keep it up. I wouldn't be rushing to get him, but, um, you know... If you need someone this week for whatever reason, then he he looms as probably one of the better buys. Yeah, and the dual position thing as well really helps, as you said, Andy, um, for flexibility for making trades later on. Okay, best buy. Can we all agree that Elliot Whitehead has almost bottomed out? He was leaking cash at the start of the year because he was forced to play out in the centres. But now that he's back in the, the back row, he's lost 120 grand. He's now 375. He pumped out, I think, a 51 at the weekend. This might be, you might not get a better chance by Elliot Whitehead, who is a proven scorer once he's in the back row. Yeah, one of the reasons I'm not completely bowled over by Paul Vaughan this week as a great buy is because for, what, 50 grand less, you can get Elliot Whitehead, who is an established gun, scored 50 points a week last season. Um, I don't think he missed a minute last season, played 80 minutes, didn't miss a game. Um, he's been playing the centres for the first two rounds, scored horribly, so his price has really plummeted. It's dropped about 120000 I think. I think it'll drop a bit more this week. His break-even's in the 60s. Yeah, 62 or something yeah. like that. So he yeah. could hit that, but if he gets 50 or 45, it'll drop a fair bit again. So next week or the week after, you'd think he'd be bottoming out. Um, but even right now, at 375, he's a, he's a bargain. Yeah, it was a bit ridiculous. What did he score, two or something? He scored two in round two. Yeah, that's that's bizarre. But, I mean, it happens, especially when you're, you're sort of out there in the centres occasionally. Um, I'm very keen to get him in. Probably next week, I'd be looking at just holding off this week, um, probably upgrading uh, Kenny Bromwich or someone like that. Um, the other one sort of in the same sort of position, except he was coming off the bench for the Warriors, was Bodine Thompson, yep. um, a favourite of mine of previous years. I want to get him in ASAP as well, but he's still got a few price drops. Similar position to Whitehead. Um, these guys, yeah, really enticing, if not this week, the coming weeks. Yep. Is there a concern Whitehead could become the next Mitch Orbison, just given that he has that potential to <laughs> fill in at the centres? There's been a few injuries at the Raiders. Not saying that he is. Mitch Orbison's a great player. We've already said how much we love Mitch Orbison as a player, but his versatility can hurt him. And as we've already seen with Whitehead, if he gets shifted to the centre role, you could get stuck with a player. Yeah, it's a good question. I think they've got Jordan Turner there from England who can play centre as well. He hasn't played yet, I no. don't think. Um, so I don't know if that's because he's new to the league or because he's not up, up to the standard in Ricky Stewart's eyes. Um, I could see why they would play Whitehead in round one next to um, Kotrick, who was a rookie, rather than bring in two brand new guys and play them at edge. Um, so maybe that's the reason Whitehead played in the centres at the start. Um, but it, it is a bit of a risk, I guess. If, if he keeps, if he's always the go-to option as the backup centre, then he could be a bit of a Orbison. 
You remember last year as well when they had injuries in the halves to start the year and he ended up playing 5-8 and instead of getting his points through tackles, metres, he was just laying on tries left, right and centre. It was fantastic to watch. Great. So, look, there is that concern there, but I think he, what, like he might be shifted there in a game, which would be you know, not ideal. Um, but long term, I think they do have the other options there to bring in um, to fill the spots in the back line. This might be a timely time to go to our Q&A section and you can get involved using the hashtag NRL Fantasy. Fan questions from the hashtag, yeah. Uh, The first one comes from David Beck, whose Twitter handle is LovesNRL. I don't know how he got that, but that is a sensational (laughs) Twitter handle. Uh, He is asking about Whitehead. He wants to know if he should trade Kenny Bromwich to Trent Marin or if he should trade K-Brom to Whitehead. Uh... Yeah, I'd probably go Bromwich to Whitehead uh, next week. I think Bromwich has got another price rise in him. Whitehead's going to drop another week, you would think, unless he's desperate for points this week. Yeah, um, and also, I guess, it comes down to the f- how much cash he's got in the bank because I think Merrin would be a sizable sort of um, upgrade, especially this early in the season. All right, Jared Cherry writes in and he says, if you have to get rid of one to bring in Ponga, he's obviously desperate to bring in Ponga, who scored 38 and 166, but these are all cash cows. So I'm not sure if he should actually bite the bullet on this one, but uh, he wants to either trade out Talakai, Moga, Kelly, Sully, Kotrick or Abby to bring in Ponga. Boys, what do we think about that? Not a fan of any of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ponga might only be in the team for another week or two with Lachlan Coote. Set to come back unless he plays in the wing. Um, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, as you say, all those guys are going to make more money you would expect in the next few weeks. Yeah, if you, for whatever reason, need to make the trade or want to make the trade, desperate to get Kalen Ponga, probably Tao Monga out of those guys would be the one to go. But, uh, you know, it's not a, not a necessary trade. All right, we've got two questions left to get to. Uh, J underscore Finn 23, is it time to give up on Josh Hodgson, who's 413,000? Yeah, he's never really been a huge fantasy scorer, I, mm. I don't think. I think his scores last year were around high 40s, maybe 50. Um, awesome player, obviously, but when there are guys in that position who score 60 points a week or more, Cameron McGuinness, um, Andrew McCulloch, obviously Cameron Smith, Hodgson's not in that level in fantasy so I don't think he's going to be a keeper in which case and he's not really making money in which case you know there's no huge reason to hold him in your team so he might be one to if you got a lot of cash to upgrade to someone like Cameron McGuinness who's going great at the moment um, McCulloch as well or wait a week or two and get Seguiaro on the cheap I think he's carrying an ankle injury as well which could be sort of hampering his output um, but as he sort of said there's yeah a lot a lot better players in that position who are scoring uh more freely, scoring freely, scoring better. <laughs> Making a lot of tackles. Is yeah. yeah. Okay. At it's Don C wants to know, and I can't believe we're already talking about this. Is it too early to start planning for the bye weeks? Surely it is too early to be talking about Origin. <laughs> you can't stand talking about Origin this early in a season. It's way you? too early to be talking <laughs> Origin. There's so much happening in NRL land. Origin is so far away, and it's a separate competition. I know in fantasy it becomes very important soon, but surely it's a bit early to be starting to plan. Yeah, so the bye weeks start in round 12, I think, or after round 12. It's only round four. It's pretty early. I think it's, it can be a very small factor by schedules for someone, like, as you mentioned earlier, Adrian, uh, talking about Gutherson, the Eels and the Rabbitohs have the best by schedule for um, overall points. So if you're stuck on two players, this could be a factor that could swing a trade one way or the other. But beside that, 
I wouldn't be too focused at this age. Yeah, that's it. And the way that the draw sort of works now, you know, buys aren't as important as they maybe were a couple of years ago. So there's still plenty of time. Um, don't freak out. All right, boys, is there anything else you want to mention in NRL Fantasy we haven't covered? Round four, a week is a long time in football. Well, I'm just trying to figure... My trades so far this year have been absolute duds. So I got <laughs> no trades in the first week, and then I bought in um, Brad Abbey, who got 16. Yep. And I'm trying to figure... Remember who else I bought in last week. It escapes me Robert now. Robert Jennings, maybe? Robert Jennings, that's the one. So another dud cash cow. So uh, hopefully those guys can do something this week. They both get 50s this week. Yeah. And uh, I'll be sure to inform everyone on Twitter what trades I'm making uh, beforehand so that you can avoid those players. Good plan. All right, that's a wrap for this episode (laughs) of the NRL Fantasy Podcast. Remember to get involved at fantasy.nrl.com. You can follow us on Twitter at andrewbrown321, at dom underscore brock, and at Adrian McMurray. If you have a question, send it in using the hashtag NRLFantasy. Get all your latest news at nrl.com. Apologies to Mitch Orbison. Enjoy your footy. The NRL.com Fantasy Podcast.